Welcome, it's the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. I am Jared Jesselitis, and joining me via the phone lines yet again, Jeff Julik here, as uh, we're going to spend the entire hour talking nothing but Boilermaker basketball and Big Ten hoops with you. Jeff, great to be back with you on a Friday, buddy, and uh, here we go. The number one team in the land, the Purdue Boilermakers, uh, get set to open up Big Ten play tonight as they take on Northwestern. Uh, let's go, before we get into all that stuff, let's go back to Monday night, or sorry, Tuesday night, right? And uh, Purdue winners uh, over Texas Southern. Braden Smith comes up just one rebound shy of having the triple-double. Um, great performances by a lot of players uh, in, in what was billed as uh, another one of these tests of tournament-like teams that you were going to get and. Purdue just continues to pass the eye test. They continue to pass everything with flying Kellers. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I think we even have to go farther back than that because, you know, from our last show, boy, what a uh, what a run by the Boilermakers out in Maui where they uh, sweep through top three, top 15 teams and, uh, and storm into the number one position again. But, yeah, you know, Brayton Smith right now is just, you know, he's arguably the best point guard in the Big Ten. And when he puts up the numbers like he does, and he's shooting 50% from three-point range, I mean, just a uh, that's the part of the Boilermakers that they were missing last year. And you know, you've got the unstoppable force with Zach inside. And when you get this uh, potential for triple-doubles every night from uh, Braden Smith, boy, this basketball team uh, is downright unstoppable. Yeah, you mentioned the three-point shooting. I believe they're with like sixth in the country right now in three-point shooting percentage. I mean, that's... Uh... That was a big question mark for me coming into the season. Were they going to be able to knock down the threes to take off enough pressure off of Zach Eady? And so far, the answer is yes. And they're getting it from everybody on the team. I mean, you know. You, you Even Lance get... Jones, who's not a traditionally a great three-point shooter, is knocking him down. Yeah, I tell you what, he gets in rhythm, especially on those transition threes. He's absolutely deadly. And then, you know, Trey Kaufman-Wren has been stepping out and hitting the three. So, and he played fantastic the other night. And what do you have, like, 15 points, I believe, or 12 points, something that like like that. But, yeah, they are just right now hitting on all cylinders. And, you know, it's going to be a big, big game tonight because, you know, it's a, it's a blackout at Northwestern. We all know what happened last time when the number one Boilermakers went there and, and Zach absolutely got mugged. Uh, hopefully we'll have a great officiating crew tonight. But uh, big, big game. Well, so did Fletcher Lawyer, season. too, if I remember correctly. I mean, yeah. <laughs> there was that whole incident. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, this is a uh, great test for the Spoilermaker team. You get this one, then you come home and uh, get ready for the uh, high-flying, high-scoring Iowa Hawkeyes on, uh, on what, Monday night. Yeah, uh, and we'll get into that matchup here in, uh, in just a little bit. But uh, this is, uh, you know, I had Brian Newber from GoldenBlack.com on the uh, show earlier this week, uh, Jeff. And, you know, I, I was lamenting to him that, all these games that they have played, you expect them to get up for Maui, right? But, like, even the Moorhead States and, uh, you know, the Texas Southerns of the world, these games are billed as uh, mid-majors that could be in the tournament or the type of teams that you could face in the tournament. And in the past, I thought that maybe Purdue might have kind of sleepwalked through one of those games, certainly coming back from Maui, getting back in the right time zone, um, in such a short turnaround and getting out of your rhythm, you could have seen them maybe struggle a little bit against a team like Texas Southern, but they, they haven't done it yet. It just that, that communicates to me, Jeff, that this all feels very personal to them this year. They're very, very invested in each and every game to prove a point this year. 
Absolutely. They certainly look like they have a chip on their shoulder. And, you know, we've seen that with every single game. I mean, their very first game of the season, they came out that way. And then, you know, it's easy to get up with those teams that you're going to play in Maui. It's not so easy when you come back. And as Robbie Hummel said the other night, jet lag coming back from the, from the, from Hawaii is a real thing, but you saw none of that the other night. They just came out and were on fire. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they come out against Northwestern because, you know, that's a game they thought they should have won last year. And I tell you what, if they come out and uh, set the tone against the Northwestern team, who is not a very good three-point shooting team right now, they shoot about 32% from three-point range. I mean, if they come out and, and grab that by the horns and just take control of that game, uh, your point's going to be well uh, – well uh, enforced because you know this team is is uh, on a mission and uh, just just another step along the way well uh yeah and the, you know with the big 10 season starting here we we know about the non-conference success that purdue has had and certainly they'll have a few more opportunities to extend that success uh, i'm not looking forward to uh arizona or anything like that just yet but you know uh those <laughs> or Bama. Op- yeah those, those those opportunities are out there lingering but to kick off the Big Ten season, it just seems like, Jeff, the, the number one question in the Big Ten this year has been, uh, we know Purdue is the best team, but who is the second best team? And uh, who is the biggest threat to Purdue? When I asked Newbert this, you know, Brian had said, I, I don't think that this uh, the biggest threat has revealed itself yet to Purdue in the Big Ten season. But if uh, you were going to start placing bets right now on who the second best team in the Big Ten is, who would you put it on right now? Well, you know, I saw a thing the other day that said, uh, you know, like the the Big Ten used to be in football, the Big Two and Little Eight, and somebody said the uh, Big Ten has suddenly become the the Big One and the Little Thirteen, and uh, you almost could argue that's the case. But you know, I, I would say the second best team right now probably looks like uh, Illinois, simply because they've got a lot of weapons and and uh, they seem to be the team that uh, I think can be the most dangerous and. And of course, you never know about Michigan State. You know, right now they've been struggling with with their tough schedule. But uh, my money would be on the Illini. I don't think that's a. I don't think it's a terrible bet. There, it's it's not one of those that fills me with a lot of reassurance. It's not one that makes me feel warm and fuzzy. Taking much like Michigan State right now uh, doesn't make me feel all warm and fuzzy inside taking it. But you can't deny that there's some teams that uh, certainly have the talent. But there are. Uh, there are tiers here, and Purdue is sitting in the in the top tier, and nobody seems to be anywhere close. Of course, the the rankings also reflect that too. Nobody in the media seems to be giving the Big Ten a whole lot. But Jeff, I do think that this conference will be a lot better once we start talking more about it at the end of January. I I think the cream will start to rise a little bit, and you'll see some separation here. It's just. A lot of this non-conference stuff now, we've seen more and more teams, especially in the Big Ten, go out there. They play you know, these big games early on, and uh, you learn something about your team. You get better, and uh, then you're ready to go come conference season time here. I-, I think you'll see a lot of that this year for the Big Ten. I don't know that it's as strong as it has been in the past, but I do think it is a conference that will get better throughout January and into February, and you'll notice that. Yeah, and you're seeing improvement out of a young team like Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State's already beaten Alabama. They played Texas A&M close. When you look at their Big Ten schedule, they play Illinois, Purdue, and Michigan State once. And so that is a definite uh, uh, plus for the Buckeyes, and and they've got a great backcourt right now. So, yeah, there's some young teams like that that will get better and better. And then, you know, our neighbors down south, I mean – 
you know, they're starting to show a little bit of life with the Hoosiers. And hey, they covered you know, for once against Harvard. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was impressive. But uh, their front line is looking incredible. But they've got some real serious issues in the backcourt right now because, uh, especially if Xavier Johnson doesn't play. You know, that's uh, I think they had 10 points out of their regards the other night, which is obviously not going to get it done uh, in the uh, Big Ten or the uh, NCAA if they're fortunate enough to make it. Well, the good news is I hear that uh, Cuban's going to be coming into some money sometime soon. So maybe the NIL uh, will get a little bit of a boost <laughs> and uh, they'll be able to go out there and do something with that. Look, we got a tremendous show lined up here for you. Jeff and I uh, will continue to talk about your Boilermaker Hoops uh, we still have Alan Karpik, who's going to come up next from uh, goldandblack.com as uh, we spend the entire hour talking Boilermaker and Big Ten hoops with you here on the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. Welcome back. Boiler Game Day continues on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. I'm Jared Jeff Salinas. And over the blue box, eating cooling hammerhead hotline, oh, we go. We bring in the headman of goldenblack.com. It is Alan Karpik. Tell you what, if you're looking for that last-minute Christmas gift idea, uh, a subscription to goldenblack.com makes a tremendous gift. Alan, you guys can actually set up those subscriptions to be gifts, correct? We do, and uh, finally, when we move to On3 Network, they have a good gift-giving process, so that's a good thing, and uh, we appreciate anybody that uh, takes an interest in the subscription. It is a good gift for a producer. It, it truly is, uh, because the writing and the detail, I mean, it's all fantastic stuff. Especially now that we've headed into portal season, and more and more, I want to keep on hearing about this uh, basketball uh, team as well. You are so thrilled with portal season, I can tell. I love portal. I feel bad for Tom Dean, our damn Brian, to some extent, but uh, we got to deal. I feel bad for the whole world of college football, but that's another topic altogether. Uh, there'll be more portal than left. Uh, I guarantee it. Heck, it hasn't even opened yet. So we've got 15 guys in it, so. Uh, that's what's an amazing thing. And Purdue's not all that different from a lot of other schools. Not to, not to go on the tangent of that, though, Alan, but the, the thing for me is, you know, of, of those 15 guys, how many of them are going to find a destination statistically? How many of them are going to find a destination where they are going to get a, another scholarship someplace? Because the numbers tell you not a lot of them will. That's the thing that bothers me the most about it. I, I yeah, just, I mean, it, I, I think that's true. Uh, it can be true. It's, it's a game of musical chairs. Now, you know, you also don't know for sure which, you know, how much coaches you do. Sometimes it is where coaches encourage guys to go into the portal because they're not going to play. And so that, that gets guys, uh, you know, and there's some of these guys in the, of the uh, 10 non-grad transfers that are in it as of now. Um, there, some of them are Jeff Brom guys, et cetera. So it's a real interesting deal. It's interesting in terms of roster moves. It's free agency without any salary cap, as we always say, and the, that's what makes it crazy. Well, let's talk basketball here. Boilermakers, number one team in the country. Uh, we didn't talk last weekend after the uh, Maui Invitational, but you know they go out there. Zach Eady is uh, the tournament MVP. I don't think anybody Purdue fans are shocked that they won that tournament, but I think we were kind of preparing because somebody, we talked about this, somebody very good was going to come home just one and two from that tournament, uh, and you were hoping it wasn't Purdue. I think most fans would have said two and one, all right, but not surprised at the three and oh victory. T talk a little bit about Maui and what you saw, what your expectations were, and, and uh, just, just how you felt about the Boilers winning that. Well, Tennessee is probably that team that came home one and two in the, in the winner's bracket to, 
and yet a very, very good basketball team at Purdue uh, dealt with that uh, that rock fight. We'll see probably a little bit of that similar type of game, but not as skilled a team in Northwestern tonight, but that type of ball-encompassing defensive uh, possession-by-possession game. But, no, I think if you're Purdue, you have to be uh, happy with uh, obviously winning. That, that's true. I think this is a team that's got some, you know, and, again, maybe tonight's game against Northwestern will see, be a measure, to, so to speak, of Purdue's maturity and growth. Uh, because the team's a year older and it's got three weapons it didn't have last year. And in all three of them, of course, uh, Cameron Heidi and uh, uh, certainly Miles Colvin and Lance Jones have made an impact already this year. And I think that that's, uh, that's the difference. But maybe the biggest difference is that Braden Smith is, is playing at, a, at an all-Big Ten, if not all-American level. And you got Zach Eady that's uh, just continuing to do. You know, he I think has a legitimate chance to be the first uh, back-to-back college uh, national college player of the year since Ralph Sampson. Uh, years before you, well, not years. I can't say that last week. Not years before you were born, but uh, in a situation in the early '80s. So, yeah, I, I think you have to be really pleased with the way Purdue played and the way that Purdue won three games against three extremely good programs extremely well-coached program. Teams that played Purdue differently, each one of them did uh, to some extent, and Purdue was able to get out of those games with a win, and that uh, is extremely impressive. Alan, as impressive as that is, and I'm sure I'm inflating it a little bit, but I, the, the thing, the, the win over the, since the last time we talked to you I think might have impressed me the most might be that Texas Southern game because you look at going out in Maui, you played those three straight, all very, very good wins, but you come back, you got to deal with the jet lag, you're trying to adjust, you're out of your element there through the weekend, and then all of a sudden you come in and you're taking on a Texas Southern team, which you should dominate, but let's face it, in the past, some of these Boilermaker teams might have slacked off a little bit of, at one of those opponents, you know, like a Moorhead State or this. They haven't done that with any of these other smaller team opponents this year. I mean, they have very much done exactly what they were expected to do. I don't know that uh, last year's team or the year before that, I don't know if those teams do that night in and night out. They really seem to have a laser-like focus no matter who the opponent is. Well, I think it's, a, it's twofold there, Jared. I think it's a, a maturity. Um, again, everybody's a year older. You know, Braden Smith, what's your lawyer? I'm down the line. Mason Gillis doesn't matter. Uh, they're all, they all went through what they went through last year, which, which was a terrific season until the end. And that part of it is, uh, you, you know, you still, you've got a little bit of edge to play with as well. And I think, you know, to look at those games in the Moorhead State, certainly, um, and uh, Texas Southern's really good matchups for Purdue. Uh, I was impressed. I was impressed with the way Texas Southern played Purdue for the most part. I mean, that game in the first half was, you know, 11 points, I think, with four minutes to go in the half. Purdue stretched it out. Uh, as it should have, uh, but I think these are the kind of games that you that are really important uh, for Purdue. As it you know, it's going to have to de- exercise some demons. I don't care what who you are; these kids are human and they're young uh, to some extent. And you're going to have to in that round one. If you're a number one seed, you're going to be facing a team exactly like you did uh, last year, and you're going to have to find a way to beat them. And you're going to be a 25 point favorite in the game. All those kinds of things. Well, this, this helps. Now, I understand these games are also in Mackey Arena, and that's helpful, too. But I agree. And I also liked that I thought the game was quite redeeming and twofold. I thought the Braden Smith saga of him not them not putting him back in the game and him having a little bit of fun running to the scorer's table, 
showed a little bit of that uh, loosey-goosey uh, personality. That Not that this team is that loose, but they're having fun out there. And I thought also that Matt Painter and, and Will Berg, Will Berg not ducking the ball, not showing up the opponent. Uh, I'm a big fan of that. I'm old, I guess, but I like I like teams that te- coaches and teams that treat other people with respect. And the fact that Texas Southern and, and the fact that Purdue doesn't score 100 points at the buzzer, and the fact that Texas Southern did Purdue a favor in a lot of ways, and that is they played Purdue tooth and nail difficult. I understand the spread got to 40 at one time, but uh, or close to it. But my point is. They played hard against Purdue and, and did some things that Purdue's going to have to deal with. They shot the ball well from three. <clears throat> they made some things that, uh, again, Purdue will have to guard against as it advances into uh, this season, especially not maybe not the Big Ten season as much, but certainly when you get in that round one and potentially round two in the NCAA tournament. We're talking with Alan Carpet, GoldenBlack.com, here on the Hammerhead Hotline tonight. A uh, a tough one here as they go up to Welsh Ryan to take on Boo Booey and the Northwestern Wildcats. Certainly Brooks Barnheiser, the former Jeff standout, uh, has been playing really well. But uh, this is, uh, you know, Boo Booey, you know, one of the premier guards in this league. Um, we already saw how well they performed, uh, our guards, uh, against uh, the extreme guard pressure that we knew, uh, you know, Tennessee and, and Marquette more so. Uh, was going to bring uh, that those two games specifically make me feel a lot better going into Welsh Ryan tonight, Alan. Well, Purdue comes in, I think, what a seven and a half points favor, and, and that's an interesting number. Uh, I think if you're a Purdue fan, you're happy just to get to get get out of there with any level of a win. And and, and Northwestern's not good enough to beat Purdue, uh, but they are. I mean, that's just they weren't good enough to beat Purdue last year either, but they did. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and the fact that Boo Booey is very dangerous, he is a he is a uh, you know a heat check type of guy that can put up 28 points and or, or more if you're not careful. I think Purdue defensively uh, will be able to do some things to. to but you get back in and Brooks Barnheiser is having a terrific college career and uh, was well worth of uh, worthy of playing in the Big Ten. He's proven that he could be playing at Purdue. It's just the way things work out sometimes in recruiting. Uh, you don't have spots for guys, but he's been terrific. And we'll play this game with an edge, certainly. And you'll be playing in a full house in, at uh, Welsh Ryan Arena. Now, half about 30, 40% of the people will be Purdue fans. I got a kick out of the fact that it's Gothic night at uh, Welsh Ryan. That means everybody's going to wear black. And I think that's a strategic move by Northwestern's marketing. Uh, and a smart move because there's going to be a lot of black in that crowd tonight. Uh, the ticket values are high. Uh, because Purdue fans are buying up tickets. And yet, this will be a tough game. The, uh, Northwestern, is, under Chris Collins, is very competitive. We know that. We've seen that. And it will not be an easy game for Purdue uh, throughout the course of uh, the 40 minutes that we'll see tonight, the later, late at night, uh, tonight in, uh, in Chicago, Evanston. Alan, before I let you go, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Brian Newbert. And, uh, you know, he doesn't exactly, he didn't have an answer. He had an answer, but he didn't have an answer. Let's see if you've got one. Who is the second best team in the Big Ten right now? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I don't know. I think I, Wisconsin's interesting. <clears throat> I haven't really seen enough to, to judge. You know, Illinois on paper uh, could be really good, but probably still, when it really comes down to it, it's Michigan State. Uh, I understand they've had some problems on the front end, but Tom Izzo seems, as we know, will get better by the time that uh, the Spartans come into Mackey Arena on the 2nd of March for that uh, primetime game on Saturday night. Uh, I expect uh, they'll be in full March mode, and that'll be a good thing. 
State at this point, just because I think Tom Izzo, we already know what his, he does with that program. And, and they've got really good guards. Their guards are inconsistent uh, with Hogan and Walker from time to time, but they can score. And they're going to cause people some problems uh, just because of who they are. Alan Karpik of goldandblack.com. Again, if you're looking for those uh, gifts for the Purdue lovers in your life, subscriptions can be gifted. It's an amazing amazing site. If you're a Purdue fan, you got to check it out. The subscription stuff's great. There's good free content there, too, but I'm telling you, you need to check out a subscription. Alan, it's always great talking ball with you on a Friday night, my man, and uh, I hope you enjoy uh, tonight's game, and uh, thanks so much for the time, as always. All right. Thanks so much, Jared. Welcome back. It is Boiler Game Day on 101.7 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. We're back over the Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. The man with his finger on the pulse of Boilermaker Nation, Nate Barrett, is on with us here. Always does a great job with the uh, call-in show with Alan on football, which, by the way, congratulations on another successful year of that, sir. Thank you. Boy, it was it was very interesting uh, season, and, and there was a lot to it. Or there are a lot of sidelines, a lot of side stories, even all the way up through the bucket game. But, you know, it was kind of cool that Purdue got their 300th program victory uh, in the 100th season in Ross-Ade Stadium. And now, Jared, I think the other thing that Alan and I focused on in our last show of the year was that uh, when the Boilers are on the gridiron again, uh, it's going to be a very different-looking Big Ten from anything that, that we've ever seen. Yeah, and that's before we even get into what IU just did this week with their head coaching search and, and, and their hire. And, uh, you know, that'll add in a new fascinating angle for this moving forward. But, um, yeah, uh, that is done. And, you know, I did pose when Kyle and I do the show on Saturday, we talked to you. Uh, I did pose this question, and uh, I would like to see if uh, you have thought more about it. But we thought with the struggles that football was having at times there, but the huge success that basketball was having. We were wondering if, if you're a Purdue fan, has basketball been providing a little bit of cover for football? Now, football went and finished very, very strong, but I feel like the fans still remain pretty optimistic. I, I, I thought a little bit of that had to do with the success from basketball. you still think that? Well, I think that uh, in terms of overall ticket sales, I think you're still feeling some benefit from the Brom era um, that, you know, you can't forget, and I really feel like we didn't enjoy it enough that uh, the Boilers uh, had a very good Big Ten year in 2022, and you had a uh, Big Ten uh, championship game run, Big Ten West Trophy, and, and a trip to Florida, uh, which we know how that went. But, I, you know, all in all, if you said on paper, Big Ten West champs meet Michigan in the championship and you get the Capital One, the, you know, the Cheese at Citrus Bowl, I mean, you, you'd have said, like, well, that's, that's a program that's on the rise, and then you have the Browns leave and you have all this go along. Uh, with it. So I think that's a piece of it, but I think you're right. Basketball certainly helps. Uh, it helps the emotional feeling uh, about Purdue in general. It helps people want to be, you know, there for all the weekends of the home football games. And I think also with the Ross Abe renovations, Jared, that helped to just uh, seeing, you know, the, the end zone and close, wanting to be a part of that the tiller tunnel, all the new elements, uh, you know, I think uh, play a big part in it too. And then you know, just wanting to get behind a new coach who did come in with some fanfare because of uh, his defensive coach of the year awards at Illinois uh, in the 2022 season. So you combine all that together. And I think also maybe, Jared, there's a kind of a post-COVID type element to this that everybody realizes, you know, they, they took it for granted being able to just go to a football game, tailgate, and have a lot of fun, and, and they don't want to miss out on that going ahead. 
We're talking with Nate Barrett here on the Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. We did not get to talk in the uh, aftermath of the Maui invite uh, win. As I mentioned with Alan here, I think most Purdue fans would have said, hey, if you can come home 2-1, and one, that's good. Uh, not shocked if you do win it. You just did not want to be that team that finished 1-2. and two. And there was a good team that finished 1-2 and two in this one in Tennessee. Uh, but uh, Purdue, I mean, just fantastic through all three of those games. I don't know how much more you could have asked from them. Well, you you can't in the sense of that that you won all three. I think uh, you know, long time uh, you know, basketball observers uh, certainly saw some things that uh, Purdue could clean up. And so the good news was, and the coaches tend to obviously that's the reason they're coaches. They look at what didn't happen. Uh, you know, Purdue left some points out there, and yet they were able to win. Uh, so, you know, there's some rebounding that, you know, improvement could, could be had. There's some free throw improvement that could be had. There's some turnover improvement that could be had. So you, even though you, you, you know, there's plenty of room to grow, you still get out of there with three very hard fought victories. And it has to be encouraging to Matt and the staff that, you know, you know, in the NCAA tournament, you at least get a day in between. This was three hard days in a row and you got it out and get the victory. And how about Lance Jones's three pointer at halftime ends up? in terms of points being the difference in winning it, Jared. But, you know, what a great addition he's been, Jared. He He's coming in. He's right now at 10.3 a game. You know, he's uh, he's almost 40% from three. Uh, you know, he's coming in. At, he's clipping in at almost 27 minutes a game. And to find a guy like Matt did in the in the portal and get him in as a grad guy uh, is, is really exciting. And, and he's even pulling down a couple of boards. And so, Purdue, uh, you know, needed that extra punch at the guard role, and they've gotten it with him. And uh, and it takes a little bit of heat off of that front line play for Purdue. And and then Purdue's going to expect uh, Braden Smith to score more this year. And and uh, you know, Braden so far is clipping in at 13 points a game. So you know, you when you have Jones at 10.3 and you have Braden at, at 13 a game, it really helps. And and a lot of folks think Edie's point average will be down a little bit this year, but that that might actually help Purdue to spread the wealth and Fletcher Lawyer still getting you 10. You know, I talked to Brian Newbert earlier in this week on the Hammer Down show, Nate, and I brought up Braden Smith. I said, how did the media get this? Uh, he did not. You know, I don't think we did here locally, but everybody wrote him off after the way that this team finished last year. And Brian actually said he thinks that was very helpful because uh, he's used that, but Boy, he's making a lot of people look foolish keeping him off some of these preseason watch lists and and you know Big Ten accolade lists. Yeah, his um, his ability to pass the basketball, his court awareness, you know, are just special. You can see some of the intangible things that that Matt's looked for. And over the years, Matt's had guys like you know like the Chris Kramers that that just bring something that maybe doesn't show up on the stat sheet. I think that's the other thing with Braden is there's things he's doing that the coaches see that aren't showing up on the stat sheet, but that they really like to see out there. Uh, you know, heck, Braden Smith, Jared, is is averaging 5.9 rebounds per game. Uh, how about that for the shortest guy out there? It's crazy. So, you know, you can trust him. And Matt always through the years in, in his comments publicly has talked about guys he can trust. And, uh, and that trust is there with Braden. Uh, I think we all agree, and you know, it was a long freshman year for he and, and Fletcher for sure. But uh, you know, he's he's already at 214 minutes for the year, and lawyers at 183. So uh, you can trust him out there, and uh, boy, that's worth a lot to a coach down the stretch. But you still needed that explosiveness. So 
some of the shooting that Jones brings. And I think also the, the difference from last year is I think they've made it even more clear to Braden Smith that, you, you know, you've got the green light. We need you to score uh, because Purdue knows the more he can score, the more he's a threat, the more it opens up uh, for Edie and others. You know, we're, we, we get so locked in because it's an offensive game. But we get so locked into that stuff, Nate. I feel like we haven't really given this team its due what's done defensively. You know, Ken Palm has them a fifth and adjusted defense right now. And you take a look at everybody else that's in the top ten. And, yeah, there's a couple other teams that are kind of hanging around there. But you got to get to Kansas and Tennessee to have anything comparable schedule-wise uh, that comes anywhere close to that. You know, Houston's number one in adjusted defense. But you know they don't play. They don't play anybody non-conference. They don't play anybody in their conference. Uh, but the way Purdue's played defense, I think, early on here, too. Look at uh, Edie's block rate. I mean, that thing is up. Uh, if you were looking for something to improve on for Zach Edie, I mean, he's uh, he's pulled that number up from last season. They've been very impressive defensively, I think. Yeah, they're just going to keep getting better. And, uh, you, know, uh, you know, Zach playing 10 pounds you know, lighter than last year, I think, I think everybody that's watched a number of Purdue games already would say that they like how he's moving. Uh, around the court and I think you just get better and faster at being aware of what's going on uh, all you know even when when you're not around the basketball so uh, expect continued great things but we're into Big Ten play now you know you have a late tip tonight you know you have a, a Northwestern team that you know certainly down the list of ways in, in terms of Ken Palm and, and uh, you know uh, Chris Collins always trying to get something going there that's special. And I, and I think Collins is really the right fit for Northwestern. I mean, you, you hear things over the years, but really they've, he's done a fine job uh, up there pound for pound and is really probably with his Duke background and his Chicago background, he, he's the right guy for that school. So you know whenever you go up there and you can look back to the Gene Cady and Bob Knight days, uh, Northwestern's had some teams that give you fits up there. Uh, they play very hard in that building. It's a smaller venue. And uh, even though it's significantly upgraded, it's still small. And it, so it has that tight effect. If they can get the crowd, get the students into it, it's a unique you know, Big Ten venue, different than any other in the league. And so most of the time, it, it's a danger game. Over the years, teams have had a real rough time uh, getting out of Northwestern, even if it wasn't uh, on paper a great Northwestern team. Yeah, it's going to take all five, and then uh, maybe uh, maybe somebody else needs to grab Fletcher Lawyer on an inbound pass again too this season, which I completely <laughs> – I forgot about that, Nate, until I saw it earlier this week. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about I had to. I mean, I all the to. stuff that we went through last year, you'd think that that would have stuck out a little bit more, and it didn't, yeah. and it was just – Absolutely uh, a crazy moment uh, in last season. Nate, let me ask you this here because I've been posing this question all week to uh, everybody I've talked to in the Big Ten. Who is the second best team in this conference? Well, that's a great question. If, if you, you, you're you talking about Ken Palm, and if you look there, you know, it's right now it's, it's Michigan State. Uh, you know, and then, but shortly thereafter, is Ohio State at 21 and Wisconsin at 22 and Illinois at, at 26, and then you you skip way down to Iowa at 39. So I mean, early on, uh, you know, you, that that sounds about right that that should be the the teams in the high mix of things. Uh, everybody in this state's always watching Indiana Jared to see if they improve, and the reality is that that Fran McCaffrey at Iowa, you you know, they're going to always give you a good game here. 
and in Iowa City whenever you play them. So I, I think that uh, that's about right. That you, you you think about Michigan State, Tom is so they had some early struggles, but uh, you know they're only four and three. But they'll they'll get rolling. They always do. Tom plays a tough schedule early. This is a big season uh, for Holtman at Ohio State. So you know they're they're going to work. And then Greg Gard really is has done a pretty good job over the years of carrying on Bo Ryan's baton at Wisconsin, and, and they're always tough to play up in the Kohl Center and, and here at Mackey. So I, I think that's, at the end of the day, it's, it's Michigan State, Ohio State, and Wisconsin right now, but you got to keep your eyes on, on what Iowa will do as well. Uh, yeah, I'm not looking forward to Monday. I know it's Elf Night. As long as it's not Rick Mount Bobblehead Night on Monday when Iowa comes calling, uh, it won't sweat nearly as much once we hit the halftime well, with, with a double-digit know, lead. <laughs> and we know what Iowa's going to do, Jared, like they did on Rick Mount Bobblehead Night. They're going to they're gonna press you. They're going to put pressure on you in the backcourt. That's what they have done over the years to you know affect things against Purdue. And, and yeah, Fran knows what he's doing. You, know, we, you and I love to kid about Fran and all his – mannerisms but Fran knows what the heck he's doing and they'll be a tough uh, be a tough game I've never seen a school uh be so focused on defense and football and then completely <laughs> flip that coin in basketball right like if they could just put the two of them together and figure that out uh they they'd they, they'd be a great force over there but well, yeah you know over the years uh you know I was had some that didn't go as well but you know they had that long stretch with Tom Davis as their head coach in basketball and Hayden Fry. And then, uh, of course, uh, Ferentz has been there forever, and Fran's done a good job. You know, Iowa, you know, has had their share of really good coaches. Nate Barrett's uh, the man with his finger on the pulse of Boilermaker Nation. Always great talking uh, ball with him on Fridays. We're really lucky to have him here. He's done such a great job with the football season, but uh, just so lucky and fortunate to be able to have him uh, hang out back here with us on Friday nights. My friend, it's uh, always been great. We missed talking football. Or ba- uh, oh, I talked football with you last week. We missed talking basketball with you last week. So, so nice to have you back on the show, man. Uh, thank you, as always, for the time, and uh, enjoy the game tonight. All right, buddy? Thank you, buddy. Have a great one. I'll be out at uh, Faith at Delphi for varsity action tonight and home to watch the Boilers. So have a great evening. Welcome back. It is the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. I am Jared Jessalai. It's good to be here with you. All right, now is the time we bring Jeff Julik back in here, and uh, we take a look at the Big Ten uh, schedule for the next week, some of the games that we want to highlight, and uh, some of these uh, games that we want to make sure that uh, we put on the calendar. It all starts tonight. It's a late start in Evanston, 9 o'clock for your Purdue Boilermakers as uh, they go up there to take on Northwestern. Brooks Barnheiser, former Jeff Broncos, really coming to zone up there. Uh, Boo Booey is still there. Uh, yikes, I feel like he's been there for a decade now, but he is very, very good. And uh, this will be a great test for guys like Lance Jones and uh, as well as Brayden Smith tonight, I anticipate, Jeff. Yeah, I think that's a wild card. We didn't have somebody like Lance Jones last year that could take really uh, – I get on Boo Booey, so I think that's going to be a bonus. And then, of course, yeah, you're right on Brooks Barnheiser. He's averaging 50 points a game and, uh, and obviously making a case for that all-defensive team. So they've got some weapons, but as we mentioned earlier, I mean, the three-point shooting has not been good. And uh, hopefully the Boilermakers will come out focused and the officiating will be uh, up to the standard we're used to in the Big Ten and not what happened the last time we were up there. There you go. Uh, the lead-in is uh, Indiana hosting Maryland. Terps are four and three. Hoosiers are five and one. Maryland's won their last three against absolutely nobody. 
Uh, and then the uh, Hoosiers have that one loss to Utah by 20 points. Uh, but as usual, you know that they're way out of Bloomington for most of the month. And yeah, uh, this, thus again, here they are. This is a big stretch for the Hoosiers. I mean, they've got... Uh, They've got Maryland, they've got Michigan, and they have Auburn and Kansas. So, uh, you know, if they if they go on four in this little stretch, they uh, really would be behind the eight ball. And so, you know, uh, you know, the Hoosiers should have a great crowd there tonight as uh, they take on Maryland, and uh, they would like to get off to a one and zero start to uh, start the Big Ten play. Yeah, it's a Friday night, and those folks find their way down there from Indianapolis uh, to uh, cheer on the Hoosiers. That takes us into Saturday. Which, uh, you know, hey, no more football for us, but uh, we do have four Big Ten basketball games. Uh, on BTN starting at noon, it's Penn State hosting Bucknell. So maybe you get some early stuff done there. And then uh, Wisconsin and Marquette should be a great one at uh, 1230 on Fox on Saturday from the Kohl Center. Uh, we first got a firsthand look at this Marquette team. Then uh, you've got Wisconsin, who I was ready to just banish. Uh, after those uh, that that one and two start where they <laughs> lost to Providence and Tennessee, but now all of a sudden they went out there, they beat Virginia decisively, and uh, maybe they figured out something all of a sudden. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And of course, that Marquette team, you know, is fantastic, and uh, uh, this will be a big, big challenge for Wisconsin because, as you said, they've made some improvement with that uh, big victory over Virginia, but uh, this is a whole uh, different uh, class when they have to take on the uh, Marquette Warriors. Yeah, in the course of the next week, they've got uh, Marquette tonight, or tomorrow night, sorry. They've got uh, Michigan State on the 5th on the road, and then they got to go take on Arizona. they got to take on oh. two top three teams in the course Ow. of a week, and then you get somebody like Michigan State, uh, you know, that's uh, not doing them any kind of favor. So, yeah, we're going to learn a lot about the Badgers this week, it turns out, so... That'll be interesting. Then this afternoon, Fox Sports 1, uh, or Saturday afternoon, Fox Sports 1, Michigan and Oregon should be uh, fantastic. And then uh, is Illinois. Is that a big kid game? What's that? Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> it is in Eugene. Uh, and then you've got uh, Illinois, 24th-ranked team in the country, heading up to Piscataway at 4 o'clock uh, for the second game of the doubleheader on Big Ten Network. And, uh, yeah, let's, uh, that'll be a good scrappy game, I think. I would think, but Rutgers is not playing well right now. So, you know, that's... Uh, they've it's got Piscataway on a Saturday, though. Nobody wants to do that. Yeah, I know. Jersey Mike gets excited there on Saturday afternoons. But uh, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I certainly would like to be playing Rutgers earlier than later, I think. I'll tell you what. One of my favorite games of the weekend is on Sunday, 4 o'clock, Fox Sports 1, Creighton and Nebraska. Always a good one there. Uh, and then that'll be followed by Minnesota and Ohio State and Minnesota, uh, you are you're in for a long year. We, you just know it. You know they're done. You know there's a coaching change coming. I mean, this thing is just. I, I cannot believe how far this program has fallen over the last decade. Yeah, and you know that first game, Nebraska undefeated, so that's going to be a real test for the Huskers, who look really good right now. And then in that second game, you've got Battle, who transferred to Ohio State, so he'll be taking on his. Uh, his old teammate when the uh, Gophers come to town. Then you get into Monday, just one game, as it should be, 7 o'clock, Iowa and Purdue uh, over at Mackey Arena. Elf night, too, so you get out there and enjoy your uh, uh, Caleb First Elf videos. Don't forget to bring your canned goods so you can get the Elf uh, poster as well. It'll be a fun night, 7 o'clock, Iowa. You know what Iowa is, Jeff? Same thing they've been the last couple of years. 
They can shoot the lights out, but they cannot stop you from doing the same. Exactly. And uh, we know the Boilermakers, interesting stat about the Boilermakers, you know, there are five top, the five top teams in offensive efficiency. The best team defensively is 45th in the country, except for the Boilermakers who are top 10 in defense. So, you know, the Boilermakers aren't only scoring points, but they're shutting their opponents down. So, so it's going to be interesting to see if the Boilermakers uh, can slow uh, – slow Iowa down because I have a feeling the Boilermakers are going to put a lot of points up against them. Yeah, uh, but as always, uh, Iowa at uh, Mackey Arena, as long as it's not a Saturday afternoon and a legend is not having a bobblehead night, I think I'm okay. <laughs> too soon, too soon. Yeah, yeah, still bad memories there. How about 13th ranked Florida Atlantic on Tuesday? Going to Madison Square Garden to take on the Illini in the Jimmy V Classic. There's a tremendous nice. opportunity for Illinois to uh, make some noise on a neutral court. I mean, that's a team there, much like Indiana, where I feel like where they're at right now, uh, you'll see a, a big improvement from where they're at now to where they're at in February. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, nice test for them because FOU's been playing really well. So, you know, that'll be a game that I, I can't wait to see there on uh, Tuesday night. And then fire up those Peacock subscriptions on Tuesday night, starting at 7 o'clock, Wisconsin goes to Michigan State. And then uh, it's followed by Indiana at Michigan. And who are the Michigan Wolverines, Jeff Julek? Well, I tell you what, we thought they were they started out like gangbusters, and they've really struggled since. And uh, this is going to be a big, big game for them because uh, you know IU thinks this is a game they can go in and win. And if the uh, if the Wolverines can uh, hold court, uh, this will be a nice win for them to start their Big Ten conference play. And we'll see what they can do there. Uh, then we go to Wednesday. Uh, you're going to have to figure out if you've got the ACC network to watch Rutgers at Wake Forest. Followed uh, at 7 o'clock there, Penn State travels to Maryland to the Xfinity Center. Uh, at 7 o'clock, not on your television, Ohio State will host Miami of Ohio. And then uh, 9 o'clock on BTN, the second game of the doubleheader, Nebraska and Minnesota uh, if you want to stay up and watch that on a Wednesday night, uh, best of luck to you there from Williams Arena. You may, be, you may need therapy if you do. Uh, well, look, there is one guy in Nebraska that I feel like everybody in this league loves to watch play, uh, and and that's about the only draw that I've got, Nebraska in Minnesota. That's it. Until they continue winning, but right now they're off to a great start. So. And that'll bring us to Thursday the 7th, and uh, look at that, the basketball version of Cyhawk, where it's uh, Indiana, or uh, Indiana, Iowa and Iowa State uh, from Ames, 7.30 that game on ESPNU. I mean, that's just going to be fun right there. Always a uh, battle when those uh, in-state rivals get together. Yeah, and uh, State is 4-0 at home this season. I think we're in for uh, quite the shooting match uh, with that one as well, because uh, State's pretty darn good, right? They shoot, uh, they they put up like 80-plus points a game. So yeah, uh, yeah. I know they've lost uh, the last couple of uh, matchups that they've had, but still, uh, they can they can put points up on the board. So that's, I can't wait to see what the over-under on that line will be next week. That'll be a good one. Yeah, uh, defense will be optional in that game. Uh, you know what? That's fine by me. Uh, that's going to do it for us here on the Boiler Basketball Show. Big thank you guys for listening. Uh, enjoy tonight's game. We'll see you back here again next Friday. We'll spend a whole hour here talking Boilermaker hoops here on the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com.